Hey, thanks for hanging out with us. Did you ever wonder what it would be like to meet your real-life hero and hang out with them for a weekend or four days? Well, that is what Stay Up with Hugo Best is all about. Aaron Summers is with us as a first-time novelist. Aaron, congrats to you because this has already been optioned for a movie or TV Thank show. Thank you. For a movie, um, and I am writing the script as of now, so that's exciting. Awesome, We're just going to call Aaron. you E.L. James. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. That's well. That's pretty amazing that it's your first book and you already got an offer. But let's let's can you set up the book for our listeners? Uh, sure. It's about um, a retiring late night talk show host, Hugo Best, uh, who on the last. Uh, day the show tapes has an encounter with a young staffer, the writer's assistant from the show, um, at a bar, just a chance encounter. And on a whim, he invites her back to his country house in Connecticut for the weekend, and she surprises herself by accepting. And it kind of unfolds from there. And, and you know, um, did you, I mean, because the genre, it's, it's June Bloom, who I kept thinking was Judy Bloom, as in my mind, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then Hugo uh-huh. Best is is the um, the comedian. It, the concept of because I was reading in some past interviews of yours of making a novel have a limited period of time, like it's four days. Did you work backwards uh-huh. from that concept? Like I want to do something about four days, and then I want to back it up, and then because you did a ton of research in comedy, you decided comedy would be the background for it. How did that process all work for you? Oh, yeah. So uh, with the four days, I sort of naturally came to that idea for the structure um, because I knew that it was going to be a small story um, about a limited amount of time that these two people spent together. Um, And I knew that they weren't going to be permanent fixtures in each other's lives. Um, So I thought the finite four-day structure really worked for that. and as for research, um, I didn't, I've, I've never worked in comedy. I'm not a stand-up comedian myself. So um, I just went all in reading books and watching things and watching old late-night clips and listening to a ton of interviews um, and compiled my research that way. Yeah, and it shows, Erin, that you've done the research because Hugo Best, he's a retiring late-night talk show, and he's kind of an amalgamation of a lot of the late-night legends that we've come to know and love in our own lives, right? Totally. Um, there's, I think people will recognize qualities, uh, a little Letterman, a little Leno. I think there's a dash of Bill Murray in there, um, and a few other people here and there, too, that I borrowed from, from or was inspired by. And, you know, because you can feel that, like you were saying, Holly. I mean, you totally can feel it. And I keep thinking, who was her favorite? Who who did Aaron love the most? Did you grow up loving someone? A late-night comedian? I didn't. I didn't really personally. I don't um, actually have... I'm not one of these people that idolizes celebrities that way, but I, I get it, though. Yeah. Um, and um, I get, like, idolizing someone and... Um, romanticizing a figure that way um, and I thought it would be really fun to write about even though that I have no figure like that that I look up to and sort of have a crush on and I've sort of admired my whole life. Right, because it's it. there's always, you know, you hear something happen great or horrible when people beat their idol. 
Right. Because that's what happens in this novel, right, Aaron? Judy idolizes Hugo Best since she was a teenager. And now she has this opportunity to really understand, I guess, Hugo Best. So was that kind of inspiring for you, the adage of like, maybe never meet your heroes or what is it like to meet your hero? Totally. I think um, I personally um, avoided it my whole life with writers, just writers I admire. I've never sought them out because I didn't really want them to be humanized for me. Like I wanted to be able to enjoy their work and have it be uncomplicated for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think it's really fascinating um, the disconnect between uh, the public person, the famous person uh, and the real person. And I think that um, the real person can often be a disappointment if you've only known, you know, the celebrity version. Oh, I, I mean, in some, th- in some ways, there's so many relatable moments. And if you're just joining up, the novelist Stay Up with Hugo Best um, by Aaron Summers, a first-time novelist. And it's got a great picture of a swan, uh, blow-up swan <laughs> on the cover. That's a great cover, by the way. Isn't it great? It's, it's so much fun. It's great. It stands out. It's just perfect. And you're getting a lot of kudos for your book. So congratulations to you. That's a big darn deal. The, the thing, Thank you. You know, because we're semi in entertainment as talk show hosts here and we've been at it for a long time. And some of the some of the pitfalls and some of the the you know, going for the easiest laugh and some of the other things that Hugo Best did, I found myself kind of thinking, okay, you know, you can see you can see where you would fall into that sometimes. So I've I've kind of found it fascinating to watch this man over his twenty five year career or however many years it was, I can't remember at this point, what he was going through. So that kind of struck a, a nerve for me. Yeah, a really interesting thing for me has been to see how it's been received by comedians and people working in the business. Uh-huh. I think it, it hits a little close to home uh, for some people, um, the, the critiques of comedy and the critiques of late night, um, especially about late night TV having grown a little bland um, or a little uh, famish um, from show to show. And I think that that, that critique um, kind of rankles people working in late night. It's interesting. It, it, it's interesting because, like, you know, there's a big story about Howard Stern out today, and we're going to talk about it later in our show about where he no longer liked what he was doing on air and how he had to force a change. And it's not easy. Yeah, I'm sure for these people. So this book is is fun. It's an interesting read, and it's interesting their dynamic between this young. You know, I figured she's like 20, mid 20 something. And Hugo Best, who's in his late 60s. Yeah. Well, and interestingly, the the character June, this is almost kind of like not only is it a lesson in meeting your heroes, but it's also a coming of age story for June. But you've said it in a way that she's almost 30 years old and life isn't working out in the way that she hoped it would be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Totally. I think that that's a really common experience. I'm in my early 30s. And when I started this book, I was 29, like June. And I think a really common experience um, for people my age, especially for people working in creative fields is um, it's kind of not what we expected and not what we were promised. You know, we were encouraged to follow our passions and go to our dream college and Um, you know, don't worry about the practical and then you, you wake up and you're 30 years old and you don't really have, um, an adult life, 
Um, so I want I wanted to get some of that across. Oh, you did a good job at it. You did a good job at Thank it. Thank you. And I think the, the the other dynamic in here with the Me Too movement is does she, you know, give in to Hugo to get his riches, to get the things that she wants? And he would have probably given her had she asked. Yeah, yeah. I um, I wanted to take that on as well. Um, and I was it was important to me for that to be a nuanced, uh, portrayal of that where she has agency um, and uh, you know where we see sort of the gray areas and some of these interactions and how complex it is and the, the complicated feelings for women um, who these sorts of things happen to. Erin is this because you touched on something about life not working out how you thought it would be that you guys were given this promise so I'm from a different generation and we never had a promise it was just more just go figure it out kind of thing. Do you think Mm -hmm. it was too much coddling from parents or was it too much? I'm really curious about what you said there, you know, like uh, suddenly it's not working out how we all thought it would be. What does that tap into? I think, I just think there's this generational thing where we, um, we were raised by baby boomers who like, who loved us very much and really believed in us and wanted us to, you know, yes, go to your dream college, take out a hundred thousand dollar loan, like pursue, you know, writing or photography or painting. Like, don't worry about the practical, like figure it is out what it is you love and everything else will fall into place. Um, and I love the intention behind that. You know, there's like so much love involved there, but uh, unfortunately it's, not very practical, and now a whole generation of um, young people have come of age with hundreds of thousands of dollars right. of, of debt and no, you know, no professional skills almost. This that is such an interesting concept, and your book is very good. And it's um, stay up late with Hugo Best. We've got a couple copies for our listeners to call in. Can you tell us, Aaron, what's the last great book you read? Um, a, a great. Oh, normal, uh, normal people by Sally Rooney. Perfect. It's so, so good. Perfect. So everyone should check that out. Thank you mm-hmm. so much and congratulations Thanks, to you. Oh, so thank out of time. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, so when we come back, it's time to play Pop Culture Jeopardy. Who will win? I'm sure it's going to be me today. And again, a couple copies of the book if you call us at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. This is Lori and Julia, My Talk 1071.